Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okay, hello and welcome to today's episode. Today we're talking about the second season, fifth episode of Leverage, called The Three Days of the Hunter Job. Beth, what did you think? Okay, so my prediction was a bit off. A little bit off. But it wasn't like super off. And you did get someone with a name like related to Hunt in there. Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't being hunted. No. But we did have a character with the name Hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will take that as a win. Small victories where you can find them and all that jazz. Um, I I have a small announcement. I, okay. Drum roll. This is now the third episode in a row. Where I have not outright detested Nate. Mm. And also that I have, like, actually properly, like, enjoyed. Like, I Mm. sat down and I was looking forward to watching this episode Mm. and I fully enjoyed watching this episode. And so I think I have to be like, oh, I like Leverage. Like, Like, I think from this point, I'm like, oh, I would continue to watch this show happily in my downtime. Like, now I'm low-key annoyed that I have to wait a week to watch more. Because I would genuinely be like, oh, okay. Like, we've reached a point where I'm like, oh, I'm invested now. Yeah. I mean, I am properly... Like, season one, I was kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Night was too annoying to really like it. Night was too annoying. I didn't like... I wasn't obsessed with anyone. There was no... For me, I really love an overarching plot. I felt like there really wasn't one. Mm -hmm. Now... I'm like, the overarching plot as such is not really there, no. but the overarching is Sophie. Yeah. And I am obsessed with that. Yeah. Like, having, I love a character driven plot. Mm-hmm. And like, the overarching plot of this season seems to kind of be what I was hoping it would be yeah. in the preseason thoughts, which is like, it's literally Sophie developing as a character. Like, it's so yeah. apparent and it's so prevalent. And I fucking love it. So I'm I'm having a time. Mm-hmm. I'm I yeah. I think I think this. I think it's got me. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie has the biggest grin right now. <laughs> I am I am pumped. I am so excited that you're starting because I was like we were watching season one. I'm like, oh no, she's like she's not like she's not getting it. She's not understanding like what it is about leverage yeah. that like makes me hype. That like I'm like I adore this. So like now to hear you be like, oh yeah, I'd continue watching this like unironically without like yeah. without the podcast. Yeah, and I think makes me hype. I'm listening, like, yeah. listening at at time of recording, I'm proof listening to Jamie's edits of our first season, and I'm like, oh boy, I was really harsh. I sound like a bit of a bitch, and so. Though I did just edit 105 in which you said, oh, I really like this episode. Yeah, there you go. Like the first positive episode so far of the podcast. So I feel like if I went back, now that I'm at a point where I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying these characters a lot more. I'm enjoying the show for like what the show is. I feel like it's a lot more sort of grounded in what they're trying to achieve. The the energy of it, like it's very, it feels like something has clicked into place. Yeah. And... I think if I went back and watched season one, now having this, like, like having seen some most of, or not most, but, like, a few episodes into season two, yeah. I think that I would appreciate season one more mm. because I know the characters better. And so I think that a lot of those little things that you were yeah. picking up on, like, oh, this and this, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That you weren't I invested think, enough to notice. Exactly. I think if I now went back, I would be able to see those little bits that have really contributed to where the characters are now a lot clearer. Yeah. And I think I would probably, in hindsight, appreciate season one more. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoying season two is making me want to go back and re-watch season one. Or at least certain episodes of season yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the like stalk probably, job and the drawer number six job I'd and the wire high job. And- yes, I probably still wouldn't go back to the pilot. Yeah. I stand by what I said in the pilot. But I do, however, think it's essential that once we watch the season five finale, yeah, we go back and we rewatch the pilot. Oh, okay, done. Because deal. there are a lot of parallels to the pilot in oh, the season five finale. Fun. So, like the final, final finale before yeah. the reboot, um, there are a lot of like pilot parallels. So, I think it'd be very interesting to see after you've watched the entire show to go back to go back and see like what your revised opinion on the pilot is. I think that would be very fun and I'm 100% here for it because yes, I think that special bonus episode. That's like 3 years down the line. <laughs> look, look, we'll look forward to it. Um but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this episode. I yeah. really, yeah. And this is, now, like I said, number three in a row. I didn't hate Nate. Yep. He was wearing a hat. Yeah. 
but I didn't hate the hat. It was a fitting hat. I was like, this hat is not even dumb. Like, I, I usually am like, oh, Nate and your fucking hats. But no, this hat, like, dare I say, kind of suited him. Yeah. Like, it looked good. It was part of the character. If he didn't have the hat, the character right? would have shot suffered. Like, right? I was like, this is a, an appropriate hat. It suits you. You're wearing it well. Like, the my literally, my only two nitpicky things on Nate, and I mm. am nitpicking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he was still yelling for some fucking reason, like in the scene where he's like dressed as the general and he's like going down the stairs in the secret locale yeah. where they've taken the recorder. Like, I'm like, why are you yelling, bro? Yeah. Like, you are two people in a room, you're like maybe three meters apart, like, you don't have to yell. Yeah. I was like, whatever, acting choice, okay. And the only other thing is right at the very, very, very end when he's talking to Sophie and she's making this point of like, which we're gonna talk about, Sophie, yeah. in this episode. So, very briefly though, like at the very, very end, and she's talking about, like, I, like I said, we will get to this, but she's talking about, in a way, like, it's seeming like she's really relating to the mm. mark of this episode. Yeah. And he kind of, like, does a thing where he, like, turns it around and kind of makes it about himself. And I was like, man, you didn't have to do that. Like, and I, she does call him out on yeah. it, too. She's like, oh, don't ruin the moment or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Like, he's just said all of this nice stuff about Sophie. And, and he's he like, fucked it well, up now, right at the end. Well, now you're going to say something nice about me. And Sophie's like, no. Yeah, exactly. So they're, like, my only, like, two nitpicky things. And, yep. like, comparatively, compared to some other shit I've been mad yep. about from night, I'm like, wow, look at him fucking go. Look at that character growth. And I think, actually, we were talking about this just before we started recording, but I think... Because you said to me, you were like, oh, you know, is a lot of, like, why you're preferring season two to do with, like, Nate's character. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. Yeah. He's just – I watching season one, I was just so annoyed with him all the time. And yeah. he's such a prominent character yeah. that it's impossible to avoid mm. him. So now that we have him as, like, a character that I don't openly detest every mm. time he's on screen, a way more enjoyable show. And for it to be like, oh, he did this, like, one thing that was kind of annoying versus, like – Every single minute he spent on the screen, screen, I wanted to strangle him. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, oh, he is such an enjoyable character mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Which is not something I would no. have thought I would have said ten episodes ago. He's not a good person, but he's an enjoyable character. I, there is a difference. That's yes. the key. But I do think that right now he is a better, like a better person. Yeah. As well as being a more enjoyable character. Mm. And so I think those two things combined do have, like, quite an influence on my just general enjoyment of the show. And so I am absolutely here for it. I'm really hoping this is a continuing trend. Although I would understand if they did some kind of, like, like he has, like, a relapse Mm. sort of thing. Because, like, I realise a lot of it is to do with his dependence on alcohol. And, like, that's why a lot of season one he was so erratic and, and frustrating and sort of, you know, those things was because of this dependence that he had. And now season two, they've made a point that he is sober and, you know, and that's part of why his character is so different. And I I can understand for like a character and narrative choice, why they would have him go back to those tendencies for, you know, specific purposes. And I wouldn't even be mad if they did, because I think at this point it would actually highlight specifically draw attention to the fact that that is why there is such a disparity between Nate season one and Nate season two. Yeah. Because, like, they've met, they haven't hidden yeah. it. No. But I do think that because there is such an obvious shift in, like, personality and tactic and stuff, that to, like, sort of draw back to it would yeah. really hit home. Mm. Like, now that we have had two versions of Nate, yeah. you know? You know? Anyway, but this episode isn't about Nate. No. This episode is about Sophie. Yes, it is. All the way down. So much Sophie in this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have anywhere specifically you'd like to start now discussion of Sophie? Figure, we'll cover Sophie and then we can move on to any other To movies. any other points. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk about the opening scene where yeah. – not the opening opening where um, we see the original, like, footage from the, the show, which yeah. – Anyone, if anyone is listening to this from Australia, I just need you to know that my first note was that this, like, show that they're, like, the fake television, which is obviously, like, a play yeah. on, like, a Fox News yeah. kind of thing. I was like, oh, my God, is this a current affair? I was like, damn. Or, like, 60 minutes. Like, I was like, wow, this feels exactly like. Though I will say I do, I do love with every fibre of my being the really bad, like, you know, 
graphic design is yes. my passion logo. That's what made me think of a car and a fair. Like an eagle and like the American flag yeah. and like the target. Well, the target symbol. got me. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Like it's so bad. It's but like I the, love it. The parody of that mm. type of show mm-hmm. was just chef's kiss like yeah. they they knew exactly what they were going mm. for and they commit and it pull it like it absolutely yeah. it slaps it's great you know they knew exactly what they were doing mm. and they executed it to perfection yes no so not after after the attempted suicide yeah. from yeah. the guy who oh god what was his name uh, right right thank you mm-hmm. um who after she falsely discredited him and, you know, obviously that's had a huge impact on him. And, you know, I was very, very glad that he lived. I was really worried. I was like, oh my God, please not. Because, you know. Like they could have easily had him not. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I am glad. They could have easily had him be a victim of this and then the daughter still goes for help. Yeah. So I'm very, very glad that, that he lived. Because I was genuinely like, oh, no. For I was like, am I watching Supernatural right now? Is someone about to die in the first five minutes? But no. So that was really good. I was glad that he survived. Um, but the scene where his daughter finds Nate and Sophie and is, like, talking to them. First of all, I know we've talked about this before, but, like, how the fuck do these people find Nate and Sophie? Like, Addison. I mean, Hardison yeah. Look, if there's something <laughs> unexplained, you can just pretty accurately be like, oh, yeah, that was Hardison. Like, yeah. if... Like, he's the one who finds the clients. He's the one who does all... Like, any anything... Like, if your question is, like, who makes the fake FBI badges? Hardison. Who is the one who sets up all of the electronics and equipment? Hardison. Who is the one who does literally all of the research into the marks and the victims? Hardison. Yeah, which we got even in this episode with his whole thing about, like, if it's a story about this, there's, like, an 87% probability like, that she'll get Alec these Hardison sources. Alec does not guess. Yes, and I... He was doing the most in this episode. Yes. Anyway, another point. Another point. We'll talk about conspiracy we'll theorist Hardison later <laughs> as well. So I wanted to start talking about this scene at the very beginning with Sophie and Nate and the daughter of Ray. Yeah. And when the daughter leaves, I'm sorry, I cannot remember her name I can't either. remember her name either. I I'm remember- sure we got it, but I can't yeah. remember it. And I did not write it down because I'm a ding dong. Mm-hmm. But yes, no, Nate is saying, you know, I realize that, you know, you need to like have some control because yeah. Sophie says, I want to take the lead yeah. on this. And she calls him out, which is very valid, very valid. But I'm also like, hate to say it, but Nate kind of has a point. I'm yeah. like, it's like the person you hate made a really good point. And you're like, yeah. fuck, I guess I have to agree with you because it, it really ties into what we were just talking about, like either last episode or the episode before yeah. with Sophie and like her whole thing being like, she needs to be able to control everyone around yeah. her. And it's so ingrained in her and her coping. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's right. She is looking for control. And she, like, it may not be tied yeah. to this breakup specifically. Yeah. But I do think that that's probably a catalyst for some stuff, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. And the fact that when he dumped her, he basically said, like, we talk a lot, but, like, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And, and just, like realizing that having this constant mask over who she actually is as a person like if it's a mark it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that they don't see anything deeper but like mm, that's to actually have important. actually a genuine human connection with somebody yeah makes a difference mm-hmm. and like for her to sort of realize that like she has this mask with everyone and like doesn't yeah. matter like what's happening like and i do see i think you said Oh, God, maybe it was, like, in the finale of season one yeah. or, like, the very start of season two, somewhere in that area. Um, You were talking about how, like, Nate sees through Sophie yeah. better than anyone else does. Yeah. And, like... It's about actually seeing who she is through the mask. Yeah. And so I and do see that. And that's why she's so attracted to him because he mm-hmm. sees her when yeah. no one else does. And I do see that very prominently in this episode particularly. It yeah. very much reminds me, have you read, I forget the full title, but um, Addie LaRue? No. It's, I haven't. You recommended it to me many months ago and I have been editing podcasts instead of reading. So <laughs> you can't blame me for not getting it done. Uh, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which is yeah. in, uh, it's a book by uh, Victoria Schwab. And if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's it's long, mm. but I think it, it's worth it. And Spoilers, if you would like to read and you haven't yet, I'm going to talk about it for a hot second. But basically, there's this uh, concept where there's this woman 
who is basically imperceivable. As soon as she walks out of your field of vision, you don't remember her. And she's also, like, immortal. So it's, like, great in some circumstances because it means she can basically do whatever the hell she wants. But it also means that she cannot form any long-term companionship. It's, like, impossible. Because yeah. as soon as she's out of no your field of vision... No one remembers Yeah, no one remembers. And it's, it's just this... You can't build any sort of history with somebody who doesn't remember it. Exactly. And... As she ends up meeting this other character who basically is the only character who can see her and remember yeah. her. And it's like such a big deal, obviously, for her. And that it's kind of what Sophie and Nate's dynamic yeah. reminds me of a little bit. Where it's like Sophie is just in this place where, like, when she's conning a mark, as soon as she walks out of their field of view, she becomes a different person. And yeah. it doesn't matter what they remember, it's not her. Yeah. Right? But Nate sees all of the facets. Like, he sees every character she plays, and he also sees her. And, like, that to me is sort of just, like, I can finally sort of see where the showrunners and were going with the yeah. concept of Sophie and Nate as, like, a pairing. Yeah. It's taken me to this point to actually see it and to not hate the idea of it. Yeah. You know? I'm way more, like... I still don't ship it 100% because I'm still, like, eh on Nate in general. Mm. But, like, I'm still on the, like, babe, Sophie, you could do better train. Yeah. But I do see it now. I'm like, oh, I get where you're going with this a lot more than I have prior to this point. But, yeah. So, fascinating. Mm. Sophie Mm -hmm. Sophie as a character is fascinating. Like, top to bottom, fascinating. Everything about her is, like... Yeah. And I think think it's very interesting that they sort of... They very clearly set up these two characters to be, like, the couple in the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that they decided the way – the best way to do this is to have, like, him be the only one who can actually, like, see who she is as a person. Yeah. Because, like, the rest of the team are getting there. Like, they're starting to see who she is as a person, but it doesn't come to them as immediately as it comes to Nate. Like, they're Nate so- just sees her. All the rest are getting there. They also haven't known her as long. Yeah. Which is another, like, aspect, I guess. Yeah. Because we've talked before about how, like, all of these people, like, we've talked a lot about, like, found family, right? And also, this is another thing. Like, you've always talked to me about, like, oh, my God, the found family leverage. And I never really saw it until this season. Like, it was there. But this is, like, really, like, cemented, like, you know. Now that they're based in, like, a home instead of an office. Yeah. We talked a lot about this last episode. They sort of... They all chose to come together. The first time they came together, it was like they were forced to. They were all hired. And then after that, it was sort of like they all wanted their own individual things out of the team. Mm -hmm. And now, like, they're just coming back together. Because they enjoy it. Because they enjoy it. Because they want to. Because they sort of realize that, oh, no, actually, like, that was the happiest I've been in a long time. Yeah. And so I think that that's, like, a part of it. Like, she has... Mm. He's, like, the most consistent relationship in whatever, like, facet of the term relationship you want to pick at. Yeah. Like, he is the most consistent and long-term relationship she has had. Yeah. Full stop. Mm. At least that we're aware of, Mm. you know? And so I think that that is certainly, like, an impacting factor as well. Yeah. It's it's just so – it's so fucking interesting. And jumping right from the start of the episode to the end of the episode – I really want to talk about her being Sophie relating to the mark. Do you have any thoughts on this? I will let you speak and then I will respond because you seem to have a point that you would really like to make. I, so very right at the end of the episode when I'm thinking of this, because we're talking about Sophie and Nate and it's, it's frustrating because I really want to talk about Sophie, but it's hard to talk about her without the context of Nate because a lot of these, like, specific Sophie moments happen with Nate versus yeah. with anyone else or, like, singularly. Mm. And she is talking about the mark. And the way that she's describing her, I think – oh, God, where did she I, – I wrote down a quote. It, this must have been about mid-episode. But she says of the mark – um, who's, what was her name? God, I'm terrible. Monica Hunter. Monica, thank you. I knew Hunter, I just couldn't think. I was thinking Helen for some fucking reason. Yeah, so Monica. Helen Hunt? Maybe. <laughs> um, so Sophie is saying of Monica, she needs to be the author of her own nightmare. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Sophie, you are relating a bit too fucking hard right now. And then getting on to like, at the end of the episode, she's like, 
the way she's talking about Monica, it's really like she is and to Nate about how she felt running the con, right? It's like she's really trying to find herself through her work, but in a sense, her work is what is holding her back from progress. Yeah, it's really fascinating because you're absolutely 100% correct. Because, like, what's... Thank you for validating me. Oh, my goodness. What she she wants is she wants to know who she is. But while she's still playing a different person every week, how can she find who she is? Like, it's fascinating to see the ways in which she's sort of, like, I don't know who I am, but also, like, she's sort of stuck in her habits of, like, goes back to the season one finale where she's like, well, we're all addicted to, like... Mm We're all some addicted aspect. Like, to yeah. some aspect of this life because let's face it, if they weren't if they weren't addicted to this life, they would have all retired in episode one. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point of continuing to do this when they have go legit and buy an island money? Like, yeah, exactly. And I think what is really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this develops. Like what I was saying about enjoying there being like an overarching plot and specifically enjoying that it is a character driven overarching Mm. plot is I'm really interested to see how they resolve this for her because I at the minute am not sure how they're going to be able to resolve this without her taking a step back from the team Mm. and I don't like maybe they could do an episode or two max where Sophie is not there Mm. and like that's her being like I think I need to like it's going to sound like a bit silly, but like, you know, go find myself, you know, kind of thing. But genuinely I'm like, how is she going to work through this in the context of, of the team? And I'm really interested to see how they handle it. I think it's going to be really fascinating going forward. And I'm interested to see how her relationships with other members of the team develop as a direct result of this sort of self journey that she's on. Because, you know, we've already said, well, I've already said that, you know, a lot of Sophie's stuff is really sort of irrevocably tied to Nate and that relationship. And I would be really interested to see how her relationship with Parker will shift and change and develop and with Elliot and with Hardison and even obviously with herself, you know? So that's going to be, I think, moving forward, something that I personally am really looking forward to seeing be developed. And I would be shocked at this point. They've laid so much groundwork. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they dropped it. Mm. But it is kind of lending, lending credence to, like, my theory that, like, each season is kind of mm. going to be about each, like, character. I'm like, ooh, maybe I was onto something. Like, maybe this is just, like, they're doing it for Sophie and then they'll drop it. But yeah. I'm like, well, they kind of did it for Nate. And now they're kind of doing it for so- I'm like, ooh, maybe, maybe I was onto something here. So I'm kind of excited because if that is the case... That is something that I was, like, hoping they might do. So, like, that's, like, a big tick for me. I'm like, oh, this this I can get behind. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, obviously, I know where everything gets – is leading to, where everything gets tied up. So, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to say something that gives you any ideas. Okay. I love your ideas. I think Thank they you. are incredible and flawless <laughs> and I'm so excited to hear how you're thinking about this and like to hear where you're at. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment other than to say like, I love where you're going with this. I love your ideas in your brain. Thank you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything else. Cause yeah, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to ruin like the, the plot development for you, (laughs) which I'm going to come across it organically. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm so excited that we're finally like, we're starting to get into the seasons where you can kind of be like, Oh, well, look, like, there, here is this very deliberate and overarching character, like, development in this season. Mm. Like, that is, I'm, I'm so excited. Like, as you've clearly pointed out, very clearly they are doing some massive character development on Sophie this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm obsessed. Even just up to this point, they've already done incredible yeah. amounts. The like, groundwork is, yeah. like, really thorough. And mm-hmm. I adore that because it makes the payoff better. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel as sort of, it doesn't feel tokenistic. Yeah. It feels integral, mm. you know, and that's so, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Yeah. You know? No, I'm thrilled to see what you think of where they go with this. Um, Cause you are correct. They are going somewhere with this. I'm not going to tell you any details or any opinions. Cause I don't want to ruin any of it. Cause okay. I, that is exciting. Though. I love it. 
Okay. I love what they do with this. Awesome. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how I will they be interested play to see off. what you think, but like Okay. Cool. I'm excited. I am like this is what I was saying before. You're like, getting high. I'm genuinely like really keen to see where the next episodes are going. Yeah. Like if if it wasn't for I had to stop watching so that we could record this episode, I would have just watched the next episode. Like that's like I'm I'm like, oh, I committed now. Yeah. You know? You've got me. The There's actually not like we're already like two and a half seasons like one like one and a half seasons in. Mm-hmm. There is only five seasons. Like it's not here's the thing, like with supernatural, if you if you you like It's if, a long commitment. <laughs> if if I was to say in the fifth episode of season two of Supernatural, wow, I really like this, like I want to continue watching it. I didn't spoiler alert to be for fair, the podcast. To be fair, that was Simon said. I did So you did like that episode. I did willingly rewatch that episode. Because friendship. Uh, <laughs> but if, like, if I did that and I, I would still have 14 seasons on worth of content to fucking watch. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is only, like, it's five seasons and they're all relatively short seasons. Like, so comparatively, not... if you like seasons four or five, we'll be on the same par. No. It's <laughs> more like me liking seasons seven and eight. Like... <laughs> Anyway, this is not this is not the right yeah, pod for this discussion. There is not too much like there is less content. Yeah, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, one hundred percent. Like, I am so glad that you're like, oh, I just want to watch more now. Like, you're starting to get there. You're starting to see like the comfort, like the serotonin this show brings. So the thing that like I think for me that I have right with this episode in particular, and I do have a couple of examples of this, is. Okay, for example, when they actually start running the con and Parker is leading Monica to the apartment yeah, and they go in and I'm like, I literally have a note where I'm like, please be Hardison. And then Hardison pops up and I'm like, yes! Like, I was so Hardison ready. and the hair and the yes. conspiracy wall. And I was like, this, like, as soon as, like, Parker was taking her to a secondary location, I was like, I really fucking hope that we get Hardison. And then we did. And it was everything I could have, like, and... I was just so excited because I fucking love seeing Hardison play a role. I, it's just so fun. And the whole little bit he did about like little billies in the sand pit digging. Woo, what's that Billy? Ah, a terrorist. <laughs> like I knew exactly where that bit was going and I still laughed because it was just so well everything. Like it was yeah. well written. It was well executed. Just everything about it was just so fun. I love that scene so much. And for so many reasons, one thing that I do want to point out, though, is if, like, so Monica is 100% focused on Hardison. As Hardison's, like, ranting and rambling and, like, trying yeah. to explain, like, what the story is. Yeah. Parker's standing in there in the background because, like, Monica's not looking at her and she's, she's just chilling. I know. I she's, love, like, she's, like, pulling at the clothes. Like, she's clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. She's, like, ugh, I'm done with this. She's, but, like, I'm ready for this shit to be over. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I loved, I loved that sort of like, attention to detail as well. And... Fucking Hardison as a as like a character, mm-hmm. like not as a character, but when he's yeah. playing a yeah. character is so fucking fun to me. Like, cause he does commit and he goes he commits 120%. Yeah. And like when he stresses the post officer post officer? Postal yeah. worker. Yeah. When he stress postman. When he stresses the post worker and she asks him, like, why are you dressed as a postman? And he's like are you kidding? No one looks at a post postman like blends in just like a <laughs> just like a circus clown. I was like blends in like a circus clown, <laughs> and I was like, what? But it's so like it's just delivered with so much like bravado and confidence that you like almost don't question it. You're like, yeah, that's how it works. I would never question a circus, circus. clown just being in a public location without a whole circus behind them. You know, like it's just. It was just fun. And oh God, when they get uh, apprehended at the military base yes. and he's sitting there and he's literally like, they're like, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know. I met this lady. We thought we were going back to her place. I thought it was it's a gated, gated community. community. I Like what's with it. the video camera? She's she, kind of freaky. Yeah. Oh, so fucking funny. And oh, it was just And like just the little funny. asides of like him being like, I'm a black man on an army base. I'm going to jail forever. Yeah, literally. And, and like, like, that's an important point mm. that they made. And I did appreciate that he specifically verbalized that aspect of his situation. Yeah. Like, him being in that situation is different to Elliot being in that situation. And I also love Elliot in the same scene where he's like, 
So like the what's the forward slash like yeah and it's like see it's not that fucking fun when you're out in the goddamn when yeah, someone's you, making jokes behind the computer like yeah exactly I loved that sort of back and forth as well like it because it's what I do appreciate about leverage is they have quite a serious situation but there's always an element of levity to it yeah like it's never fully one hundred percent serious. Like they have enough confidence in their abilities that they are confident they can get out of it. Yeah. So they're yeah. not like. And actually, this episode, I really was like, when they were driving to the military base, I was like, "Ooh, how are they going to get out of this one?" Like when she's like, "Let's just go right now," and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, I like, I'm genuinely like intrigued. I'm excited yeah. to find out how the fuck they fix this." And and I was not disappointed. You know, it wasn't like a cop out, like, mm. oh, someone else fucked up kind of thing. It's like, no, they got themselves out of the situation. Yeah. And I, I do love that. I just think that it adds credibility to them and their, like, skills as criminals, I guess, you know. Mm. But, it, yeah, it was very, very good. While we're talking about the team and their skills, mm-hmm. I do think it's very fun that this episode they're kind of like, oh, like, everyone's got new jobs. Like, yeah. No one's doing their normal thing. Like, you've, of course, got Parker as the grifter, who's, mm-hmm. like, the scene where, like, she's in the office. She's like, I've done that. I've got the badge. And yeah. <laughs> Sophie's like, no, you've got to get caught with the badge. That's the whole fucking point. Yeah. And, like, Parker's like, but I I physically cannot bring myself to steal badly. Yeah, like, exactly. I And I love that Sophie's like, I get it. It's hard to be bad at your job, but I just need you to do it. And actually... This is one point that I forgot to bring up before regarding Nate, which is that as much as Sophie needs to be in control, so does Nate. Uh And he has so much trouble relinquishing control in this episode. Like, he has every single time Sophie is, like, doing some kind of briefing or, like, you know, talking to the team, he's, like, trying to give her suggestions. He's, like, taking over. And, like, I'm glad that they, like, make a point of it being, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, she's running this, so you need to back off. Like, every time that he yeah. does it, everyone kind of looks at him like, come on, bro. You told her she could run this one. Yeah. Let her run this one. Exactly. But I think it's really interesting because he can obviously see her need for control and mm-hmm. be able to point it out, but he's not necessarily as self-aware of his own need for control. And I do think that's, like, one of the fun kind of mirrors between mm-hmm. them as characters is they both really depend on... Having control. control in their situations. Uh, yeah, and I think it is something that, like, not that Parker, Elliot, and Hardison don't also want control, ultimately. like, But for but, them, it's more about having control over themselves and their own situation mm-hmm. versus controlling others. everything. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's one of the things, like, Sophie and Nate and then Parker, Elliot, and Hardison, you can really divide mm. into those two little groups and then obviously they're a team collectively, yeah. but you can really put a divide there. Yeah. And I think that is a lot of it, which is, and we've talked about like Sophie and Nate being like the parents. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is to do with this concept of control. Like a parent mm. theoretically is like in control of the household, of the family unit, right? You don't let the kids run the household. The parents set the rules. The parents set the boundaries. The parents are the ones who make those calls. And yeah, and I think that that's part of what kind of lends to that dynamic of, like, parents and, and kids yeah. is that, like, need for control of the, like, context yeah. versus just being happy to have control in and of themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think it's very funny, though, that, like, Nate's trying to call out Sophie for being in control. And I, I wrote down a couple of quotes from the chats, which is my favourite one this episode is probably a... This coming from the guy who spent an entire year drunk working out his obsessive vengeance on any dimwit in a suit who happened to cross our line of vision. Yes. It's like, yes, Iconic. Sophie, read him for fucking filth. Yes. Because, yeah, it's it's like he's he's very clearly, like, he's unable to even let, let go of the reins, like, a little bit. Like, hmm. he insists on being like, oh, well, I thought I was still going to say, like, Hardison run it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and anytime she goes, like, we're going to steal a general. He's like, no, you've got to say it more like a rallying With crowd. gusto. With gusto. I did like the thing about the eggs. I thought that yeah. was funny. <laughs> I did like, it's like, oh, we need eggs. We need eggs. And I was like, yes, like, I get it. It's I also funny. love the fact that he's like, once you've done this, you got to walk off. And she, she like immediately walks into the closet. It's like, yeah. Sophie, babe, you're trying, but yeah. like, <laughs> how 
how long have you been working in this like like space? Yeah, no, like, it's very. You've been fun. here a couple of months. Like you, you should know yeah. that's a closet, not a door. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very fun, and I I did also really like the sort of switching up of the roles that mm. they're playing because of course you've got. Hardison, who sort of becomes like the Elliot Vega equivalent sort of mm. thing. Normally that's the sort of role that Elliot would play, but Elliot didn't play that role because he is in my favourite role of all time for Elliot, which is vaguely scary hitman following the mark around. Okay. I, on Elliot, I really only have one, like, note about him for this episode because he's not very – he's not as present as no. usual. He's there, but he's not, like – Yeah. The bit – where he comes out wearing the gloves and the apron. And Ooh, he's I like, that apron. That's pardon like me, I was just cleaning up. I was like, hello. <laughs> I I don't know why, but I love that line. The delivery is great. I love that he's like in the rubber gloves. I just think that's really fun because like he's clearly just deep cleaned this apartment. I also love we got him cooking again in this episode yep. at the very end. And I loved that mm-hmm. as like a finish for the episode and like a family bonding thing yeah, yeah. i was mm-hmm. like oh my god they're having a family dinner like i i really loved that i mm-hmm. really loved that and that comes back to what we were saying about the the dynamic that they have in this new environment yes. is so much more like home yeah. than the office environment that they yeah. had before like watching elliot chopping up the capsicum and like nate bringing Sophie the glass of wine or whatever is so different from watching Hardison make popcorn or whatever the yeah. fuck. No, it was like Pop-Tarts or something. It was a Hot Pocket. That's right. In the, um, in the microwave. Yeah. Like, it's such no, a... No plate and then he drops it on the floor and spills. Yeah. And, like, worlds apart, you Human know? disaster, my beloved. <laughs> yeah, literally. You know, but it's such a fun change. Yeah. And I am so here for it. I'm so here for it. I just, yeah... I, I look. I'm I'm loving like this newfound positivity for leverage. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like out here vibe. I'm like yes, they do do this fantastic. Yes, I love the fact that they do make cooking an integral part to like Elliot's characterization because mm-hmm. like he's very much like stereotypical like macho man, tough like. Mm. And they're like, oh well, what if we gave him just like a predominantly feminine like. Hobby, like yeah. What if we what if we had him cook dinner for the whole team after a hard day's work? Yeah, you know, like, and it makes sense. It makes sense for his character. It it's just oh, I do love it. I think it's a really fun addition for Elliot specifically. And I don't know. I yeah, I just loved that ending. I think that that's. I don't know. I I just I feel like we covered it a lot last episode, so I really don't want to harp on, but. Mm. I yeah, I love that they're having this sort of change of scenery and how much it's impacted the feel mm. of them as a group. Because it's like combined with like the environment's like a reflection of like the choices the team are making to be there. Mm-hmm. Because previously it was sort of like oh, it was a business deal. It's a business deal. Like they work really well together. They had a lot of fun. They were like, oh, let's let's do this thing. It's a lucrative business opportunity, and yeah. now it's like that's a family. Now it's like. Sunday brunch, you know, yeah. like, and I fucking love that. <laughs> uh, oh, one other thing I love. This is just in general. I think it's funny. When people talk about how they're, like, at a secret military base or, like, they talk about, like, oh, this secret military base. And I'm like, it's not a very good secret. Like, if people know about it, it's not a fucking secret. And I just think it's so funny. Like, and in this episode specifically, I think Monica says, you know, we're reporting live from this, like, high security secret military base. And I'm like, as if you didn't very easily find it and enter it. Like, it can't be that fucking secret. Though at this point, she's already started to, like, really bloody devolve. Like, mm. so much. Like, she's panicking about the water. Which, there is a quote that I do specifically want to talk about because I think it's fucking hilarious in hindsight. Yeah. Which is... DC residents aren't going to stand by why thousands of people die. I know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that there without comment. Yeah. Also, I wanted to – this is just a general comment on, like, media that comes out of America in general. When they're talking about, like, you know, thousands of people will die or, like, oh, you think this is just DC? Like, yeah. no, once the water, like, evaporates and goes into the- – and they're, like, there won't be a safe place in the country except for those bunkers. I'm, like, the fucking country – Hey, what about literally every other country? What about fucking Canada? Like, literally, I'm like, what about Canada? What about 
anywhere else what about Mexico what other about than you I'm like you guys realize that you're not even the only country in your continent like right I'm like hello literally connected by a land border you're not even a fucking island like, bro I understand that some people don't think Australia exists and we're all actors I I've heard the conspiracies if we're all but, actors can I get fa- p- fucking paid better like yes thank you I would like more <laughs> more pay thank you but no even disregarding that like you at least have to acknowledge the existence of the countries you're attached to yeah like fuck (laughs) guys anyways i was like come on my dude you're literally not the only people on earth i know sometimes it feels like you are but i swear to god you're not i do want to talk about the conspiracy theories they talk about in this episode oh yeah because there's there's a couple. They bring up the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness submarine. Yeah. Love that. I love that as a cover. I love the, like, Area 51 is fake, but Area 52, 52 is real. Yeah, that one aged kind of funny. <laughs> Given the, not, like, super recent, but relatively recent Area 51. Right. Right. Yep. Quote, unquote. <laughs> in, in, in all honesty, it was like a three-day rave in the desert. Yeah. The only thing I remember from that was that one, like, picture of the, someone doing the Naruto yeah. run. <laughs> and then the final one I want to discuss is, apparently, according to Elliot, the moon landing is fake. Oh, yeah. He's seen the sets in Albuquerque. They're going to paint them red for the, the Mars, Mars landing. Yeah. I would just like to say for the record that I believe the moon landing was real. Yes, I also believe in the moon landing. Because <laughs> if you're actually, like, fun fact, if you're actually looking technology-wise... Less technology would be required to just go to the fucking moon than to fake the moon landing the way that it was aired. Because the way they did the lighting for the shadows to appear that in that direction based on, like, the moon and its relative position to the sun. Yeah. It's more technologically difficult to create the lighting solution to create, like... Yeah. Shadows that travel in that direction to mirror the, the yeah. way the sun hits the moon. Than it is to just go, go to, to the, the moon. moon. <laughs> I oh, think dear. using the technology available at the time, they would have had to have a grid of like a couple of hundred lasers, but also lasers at the time were like massive and you couldn't theoretically do. Yeah. I just think that there is no possible way that the number of people that you would need to be involved in a project like that and then to keep it secret. Oh, yeah. For the conspiracy theories, I think it's, like, based on the size of the conspiracy, like, how many people are involved in that, there is, like, a certain amount of, like, time. Time. Like, there's, there's like, a formula that you can fill out and work out how long it would take for the truth to come out if it was, in fact, correct. Yeah, because someone is going to talk at yeah. some point. Like, and can like, you imagine the fucking well and payout truly you'd passed get? the point yeah. where, like... Can you imagine the fucking media payout you'd get if you broke that story? Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, there is no way that if that was fake that no one was like, you know what, I'm going to go make a couple million dollars one weekend and just tell them that it was fake. Like, because yeah. you would make bank. And if you have <laughs> enough, like, evidence to, like... Prove yeah, it. Prove yeah. It, like, <laughs> yeah. Which you've got to assume that if it was, like, a massive conspiracy theory, there would be evidence to prove it. Like, you'd, mm-hmm. like, no one's doing that. Like, we have a hard enough time when we're planning out the podcast yeah. to just tell each other something and then completely forget what... We, so we're like, oh, so we agreed that we're going to do a bonus episode on this day. It's like, two weeks later, we're like, oh, yeah, we're doing a bonus episode on this day, yeah? And, like... We have like four or five conversations and still the night before the day. We're double we're like, checking. Just confirming. The number of times that we have triple, quadruple checked time zones with people is, you know, like, like yeah. And that's for something as simple and non-secret as like. A Zoom call? Yeah. A Zoom call. <laughs> Whereas like to do something like massive on this scale, there's no way in hell that you're like, oh yeah, show up on Tuesday at this time and there's no record of having to show up on Tuesday at this time. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> like. Yeah. Anyway, point is. Uh, though Elliot's definitely a member of the council. Oh yeah. I didn't understand that reference. I, was I don't ask. think it's a reference. I think it's just like a, they made a joke. Okay. Like it's like probably like, I reckon it's a reference to the Illuminati. Oh, would be my guess. Okay. But they can't really say the Illuminati, so they just said gave the, a new name. Because I was like, the council? I'm like, you mean like the Jedi council? Like, that was where my brain yeah, went. I was that's like... It. Elliot's a Jedi. Full I would believe on. that. 
That would, that actually, I, I would, that would be a Star fun fic. was an AU where. Yeah, that would be a very fun AU. But yes, no, I was confused by that. But yes, Illuminati, that does make sense. I think, yeah, I think it's just an Illuminati reference and they just didn't call it the Illuminati because. Obvious connotations. Yeah. I, speaking of references, I appreciated the reference that they made when at the end of the episode, Monica opens up the folder. And yes, is the, the all work, no play makes Monica a dull girl. Yeah. I was like, that's quite, that's a nice touch. Mm. And like, it, it is very on theme for the episode. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's actually, it didn't feel like a, sometimes you get like references to like mm. other media within a different media and it kind of feels like a bit forced or a bit like, but also much, like, but I, this one I was like, oh, this is on theme enough. That I think it actually is a nice touch and like a nice homage rather than like a weird. And also, you've got to, like, as I was saying earlier, whenever you have a question, the answer is always Hardison. So it's like, <laughs> who made the prop red file? Hardison. Hardison. Yeah. Would Hardison do this? Mm. No questions asked, Hardison would do this. Like, that yeah. is. He's having a, he's having a laugh. He's having a ball out on this bitch. Like, yeah, exactly. I do. As much as, like, obviously the point of this con was to discredit yes. Monica, I do I, – I don't 100% love the public psychotic break yeah. tactic. Well, to be fair, they weren't originally going for a public psychotic break yeah. narrative. They sort of aborted the original plan mm. when Monica was like, oh, you know what, actually, I don't think I'm going to get good enough ratings yeah. with a story about secret prisons. Mm. Uh, and then they pivoted and sort of just did what they could to... To yeah. elevate it. And yes. they didn't think she was going to have a massive breakdown. Like, they didn't think that this is what was going to do it. They almost did too good of a job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't... I didn't 100% love it. And I get that she's, the like, the villain. Yeah. And so you're not supposed to, like, care. But they also did the same thing at the start of the episode where they stigmatised Ray. Like, where Monica stigmatised Ray. Yeah. With For his mental health when he took antidepressants years ago. And yeah. He, and she was still like, oh, but. And the whole thing is, like, they find out that she had the, like, antipsychotics. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I... As much I, as I understand the yeah. concept and I understand, like, why that was the tactic they went with, I'm like, I don't love that the emphasis was on mental illness. Yeah. And that being the reason that she sort of got discredited. I think the reason they did the antipsychotics is just so that if she tries to say, like, anything, it's less likely to get connected back to her. Yeah. Like, back to the team. Like, it's the, like, it's the old thing of, like, you know, if we make you look kind of insane, Anything no one's going to believe you when you say, oh, there was a group of five people and they pulled this off on me. Yeah. Actually, she thinks there's only four because she never met Sophie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I did want to yeah. like put that out as much as I did enjoy this episode. It I, makes sense narratively speaking, but it's also kind of like in reality speaking, it's like, oh, well, yeah, you really like, you were like, let's just yeah. villainize like, the antipsychotic medication a bit here. Like, yeah. And it also is interesting, like, because obviously this is a television show. Yeah. Like it very obviously, this is a television show. This is not the kind of like action you would actually condone in real life. Yeah. Like, obviously, in a real-world scenario, this is not the approach you would take to dealing with someone. Like, essentially, like, a defamation case. Yeah. You know, it's it's not how you would approach it. Yeah. But for the sake of a television show, I understand why, like, for a viewing purpose, why they've gone with that. But I don't, I don't love the stigmatization yeah. of, yeah. like, mental health issues. And as much as I did like this episode... And actually, Leverage as a show in general, this is not the first time where they they will use, like, manipulation tactics to essentially, like, they're essentially just gaslighting them. Oh, arms. yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. And I understand why. And so I'm... Because I, they're I don't... bad guys. Like, they're, they're criminals. Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Like, yeah. they're not doing things that are morally good and correct. They're doing bad things for morally good and correct reasons. And that was the point that I was just going to make. I think it is important to remember that because you forget. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget, because I like these characters so much, yeah. I forget that technically yeah. they're not... It's like in the miracle job when they dosed him with speed. Like, that yeah. is not a good and correct thing to do. No. But it is the only thing they can do to get justice for their clients. Yeah, so it's really interesting, I think, to be 
actively reminded of the fact that the things that they are doing to like the ends that they are achieving are good but the tactic that the, the, they use to justify get the means like yeah yeah and so i do think it is it's a very interesting you could have a really interesting discussion and i'm sure like maybe once we get towards the end of the series and i have the whole knowledge mm. of everything it might be interesting to like even do a bonus episode just on the general morality yeah and ethics of leverage as like not as a television show because again like it's not yeah. real life but as like a i guess a company you yeah. know like as the five of them and the tactics as they leverage use. inc yes <laughs> like the ethics and the morality because i do think it's a fascinating like where they draw their lines yeah. and stuff is really really interesting oh i do love the point where like nate's like oh yeah sophie's running this one and like sophie's like yeah i'm just gonna be like nate except for nicer <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she really was just coming for his entire life in this episode. Mm, mm-hmm. Like she she's just like, yep. You know what? Last year, you were fucking drunk as shit. Yeah, you were useless. Yeah, and we put up with it. And we put up with it. You can deal with this shit for me now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also want to just quick shout out to uh, Ponytail Elliot, my beloved. <laughs> he wears the little ponytail and the glasses. And yeah. Th- see, this is why I was expecting ponytails on Sam and Supernatural because like. No. They're a cute moment and, like, it just hasn't happened yet and I'm sad. We do get glasses and man buns, Sam. Excited. Mm, not for ages. Oh. I'm so sorry. Um, I do want to talk about... Um, also, I kind of hate the term man bun. Sorry. It's just a fucking bun. Yeah, I know. But they're like, gotta be masculine. Can't be a lady bun. Mm. Anyway, sorry, go on. It's the CW Supernatural 2004. <laughs> <laughs> um... I do want to talk about Monica and her views and uh, specifically the quote, uh, scandal is whatever scares Monica Hunter viewers. Mm. And uh, my job is to sell the morons a steady diet of scary. Yeah. And Fucking just... interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially relevant. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. I'm going to leave that there with not too many more comments. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think... Actually, their entire, um, it's essentially like a parody of, you know exactly what kind of show they're parodying. Yeah. It's not, it's not even thinly veiled. It's very apparent. Yeah. And I do appreciate that they were so blunt about the sort of mentality that goes into And the motivations behind her. Yes. Yeah. Because, and you get that when, you know, they've given her this obviously fake, but, you know, that's not the point. She doesn't know that story where it's like, this is actually relevant and important to justice and to the country. And she's they like, well. They sell her <laughs> this story specifically because it's a story that commands respect. Mm-hmm. It's an important story that would have major political ramifications. Yeah. And she was like, mm, not like, it's, it's you know, my viewers aren't going to. It would be great to stick it to them, but it's not going to help my viewing. So I, why would I? It's not going to incite a reaction. Yeah. Is the, is the thing. And I think it's. It's not scary enough to my viewers. Yeah. They're it's, not going to care. They very specifically basically say my viewers would feel safer with more prisons. Yeah, like, this is a good thing in their minds. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, you're also calling out exactly who her viewers are. Mm, yeah. Exactly what sort of people are watching this type of show. Yeah. And yeah. then they just let you draw your own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to just quickly ask you a question. Okay. Parker gets hit by the car. Oh, yeah. She's down. She looks like she's dead. After right? this... Uh, she's dead for like five minutes. After the multiple dramatic zooms. After the multiple <laughs> dramatic zooms. She, she's dead. She's dead for like five minutes. And then she just pops back up to life. I know. And just walks off. And just walks off. What would you do if you were a fucking onlooker? I know. I was thinking I'm like, that actually. Because when she got up, she didn't even look phased. No. She wasn't even like, oh, where yeah. am I? Like, and well, they clearly they just staged it. Like, they just kind of stood there and watched her walk away. And I was like, man, I think I would have some follow-up questions. I <laughs> You know, like, no one even goes, like, are you okay? Like, mm. fully gets hit by a car, straight up looks like she's fucking dead mm-hmm. for, like, a solid five minutes so Hardison and Monica Hunter can get out of there. Yeah. And then she's just, like, fine. Yeah. And she walks away. And no one even asks her, like, oh, are you okay? Mm. Like, I think they're just all so stunned because she just goes from looking fully dead to being like, well, off I go. You know? Yeah. 
And so I guess like maybe they're just like in shock. They have just witnessed, you know, what and they I mean, thought like, was a death. Obviously, we as the viewer know, like, obviously they planned it out. They staged it. Like, this is choreographed in universe. Yeah, like, and we can see that this is like pretty standard behavior for Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, like we know, like Elliot got hit by a car in the first season as well. Like mm-hmm. in the uh, the juror number six job. Yeah. Straight up gets hit by a car. Like we know that it's pretty like it's pretty like pedestrian day to day for a, like the team to get hit by cars, <laughs> but like they don't know that. Yeah, I would definitely have had some follow up questions. Yeah. I would have already called an ambulance. Mm. So, oh, I do want to talk very briefly about the uh, compound guards mm. after like Hardison's going through is like, wow, two disciplinary actions. Yeah, and like they walk out and like. One of them's like, I think mine's insane. And the other one's like, I, mine's freaking me right out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I do love that. And I love that, like, we get to see, like, some of the reaction. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, a lot of the shit that this team does, objectively from an outside perspective, bad shit. Like, completely bad shit. Like, insane. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly just mention, uh, Nate coming to the realization that yes, he does sound that fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. I love Elliot wastes no time and being like, yes, you absolutely, yeah, absolutely sound 100%. that weird. Yeah. You're, you, you are creepy as hell. Um, and also, uh, the moment where Elliot's like, good thing Parker switched out the pepper spray. Oh yeah. And Nate's just standing in the door like, no, you didn't. <laughs> But no, those are that's the conclusion of my notes. They're all the little moments that I just quickly wanted to like get out there. Get out there as things that I, I really love. I really love this show. Like I'm not I'm not hiding that. Like you never were. <laughs> um, I'm not very subtle about my love for this show. I've only been trying to get you to watch it for years. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Beth, what would you rate this episode out of five? I gave this one a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would have happily continued watching. I yep. love the Sophie development. I think mm-hmm. it's very fun. Yeah. Um, but overall, I was like, the episode itself, I was like, it's probably a little bit more yeah. forgettable for me. Mm-hmm. It's probably not one that I would be like rushing to go back and rewatch. Yeah. But there was aspects of it that I was like, oh, I really like this. So I think 3.5 is probably yep, no. a fair, like... For it to be a four or four point five, I'm like, I want it to be something that I'm like, oh, I'd go back and rewatch this, yeah. like, like I'm gonna rewatch this straight after, like, yeah. But like, we're, we're finishing the recording. I'm going back and rewatching again. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think a three point five, um, for me for this one. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that for you. I'm so glad that you're starting to really enjoy leverage because mm. this shit slaps. Me too. Otherwise, it would have been a really painful podcast. <laughs> Okay, well, the next episode is called The Top Hat Job. Beth, what do you think it's about? Okay, okay. So when the service that we watch Leverage on, yeah. uh, which is like free-to-air catch-up yeah. TV service, mm-hmm. yeah. hashtag 7 plus, not bad, um, <laughs> <laughs> has like thumbnails. And I yeah. think you mentioned to me that the thumbnail photos are actually not matched correctly no. to the episode titles. <laughs> However, I did see a thumbnail where it looks like Parker and Nate were dressed as magicians. Okay, so you're betting that this so is the magician I'm episode gonna where Parker guess and Nate is dressed as magicians. That like top hat is like very specific, like you know the rabbit in the top hat. Yeah. Like it's a very much like stereotype magician accessory. It would also tie into Nate and his dumb hats trope. Yeah. So I'm thinking. With some slight spoilers, just because of the nature of thumbnails, yeah. I think this could have something to do with magic or magicians yeah. or something in that, like, mm. vibe, zone, yeah. I don't know what you'd call it. Some sort of Industry, like, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck it's going to be yeah. tied together, but I do think it's going to have something to do with that. And I'm also very excited for that, just because of, like, the general... Oh, I know what I'm... Um, what's that fucking movie? Now You See Me. Yeah. This, I'm expecting this to be the leveraged version of Now You See Me. Yeah. Where it's like, they're running a con, but like, there's like, because it's, they're so good at sleight of hand, yeah. right? Which is how like magic is That's like done. Parker's entire thing, like pickpocketing. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm expecting the like leverage equivalent of like the plot of Now You See Me kind yeah. of thing. That's what I'm yeah. hoping for. Cause that would just be so fun. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. I am pumped for you to see it. Awesome. Sign it for next week. Excellent. Me too. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for spending your morning, evening, night, day, brunch, afternoon, midnight, maybe, 3 a.m., 2 a.m. I don't know. People might have bad sleeping habits. I certainly do. Thank you so much for spending <laughs> your time with us today. Feel free to interact with us on any social medias. We got them all. Links are all in the description below. Suggested conversation topics for today include... How much more palatable Nate is this season? Ooh, yeah. Sobernate is, like, way better. Yeah. Um, oh, and also... Sophie development. Yeah. Obviously, I spoilery is issues with me, yeah. but you can talk to Jamie about that. Yeah. Absolutely, go ham talking to Jamie about yeah. that, and I'll just find out later. Ooh, what your favorite conspiracy theories are? Oh yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's yeah. fun. What was Elliot cooking at the end of the episode with yeah. all of those fucking capsicums? Because that was a lot of capsicums. Mm. And, like, I'm not a person who enjoys capsicum that much, personally. So, like, I'm interested to see what he was doing with all those strips of capsicum. Um, also, if you know what a capsicum is. Because <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, Americans like a, don't call it capsicum. I think they call it bell, bell peppers. peppers. Well, look. they're gonna. I'm going to call it capsicum because that's what it's fucking called here. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to us. Hope to have you back next week. Ah, oh, what an honour. <laughs> Bye. Bye.